Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another fabulous episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I am Moya. And I'm Georgia. And Georgia, it's so good to be with you again. This episode is going to air, uh, I believe, after Christmas. So Happy New Year, everyone, and I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Yes, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful and blessed Christmas and our best wishes for a very happy New Year, too. Yes. Now, that's enough of all that nice stuff. Let's get down to business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a double feature, our first double feature, right, Georgia? Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, so you paid your 50 cents, whatever the whatever the price was back in the day. You know, we, we're going to go back to the days when um oh, the, you, what you paid since you didn't pay dollars to get into the movies and you could have caught a double feature you could have got some popcorn and a soda so whatever that costs and guys you let us know don't forget we're on facebook so you can interact with us there we are all of our podcasts are on um amazon spotify apple Casto, so you can catch us there but if you want to interact with us please hit us up on facebook how betty davis saved my life life lessons from classic hollywood so yeah however much it was because i know it was it was nowhere it's oh my gosh i don't want to get on a rant but you know the movies hollywood is pretty much uh dead right now um i don't know how the theaters are staying open but you know when they were open man it was like we because you know el cheapo uh my husband and i we would catch the matinee and and that was like 13 dollars for two people but you know, depending on what state you're in, you're in, it was like thirteen bucks a, a person for a ticket. Okay, and that didn't even include you couldn't even get any food or anything. And it's like after you get the popcorn, and everybody knows this. I don't know why I'm going on and on about this, but it's just look how cheap things were. Georgia fifties, and people were struggling to go to the movies back. You know, depression time yeah. and all that to escape. So if you had however much it was since how many since that was that was a deal. That was a big deal. Yeah, well, you know, before the pandemic, I don't know if you did this, but did you ever go to the Dollar Movie Theater before they closed them all down? Oh, and then yeah. it was such an experience because the floors would be all sticky and then the, the <laughs> movie would break in the middle and then you'd go, oh, no, nah, and they couldn't get it to go back up again. So then they'd give you a refund and you come back in. Hilarious. Back yeah. I watched to watch a movie again. It was hilarious. I know. Well, no. We were. We were such movie fans, you couldn't keep us away that we would endure that. Of course. And kids throwing popcorn and all that. Of course. And, and you cried now because you don't have that because there was yeah. one in our, and Georgia and I lived near each other. And that that strip mall with that dollar show, I mean, it's dead now. Like everything's dying, of course. But yeah, I, I had only gone there a few times, but you're right. that The sticky floors. They, look, what the heck do you want for a buck, a buck 50, a buck 25? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, you're on a budget. You're trying to ball on a budget. So it is what it is. But speaking of the Depression era, era, we have a our first movie is a Depression era, 1931's The Mystery Train. Not to be confused with... <laughs> Georgia, you tell them not to be confused with what? <laughs> I feel like such a dope. <laughs> I watched the wrong mystery train. Viewers, 
there are more than one there's more than one movie titled mystery train the one we're doing today is the mystery train yes. from 1931 do not i do not recommend you watch mystery train from 1989 <laughs> i am so sorry if you love that movie okay teach be his own that movie was a stinker i'm holding my nose right now horrible awful so no Terrible. okay so the mystery train yes. 1931 is the one that we're reviewing <laughs> yes yes and and look off the top this movie ain't going was not was never going to be nominated for Oscars. You're not going to see it on any best of list or like a, a very uh, elite best of list or anything like that. Um, but the reason why I chose it, because Georgia hadn't seen it, I saw it first and then I recommended it to her. Because Georgia and I are starting our Hall of Fame, and not Hall of Shame, Hall of Fame so we have a we starting a pantheon, if you will, of uh, of uh, uh, is it pantheon or Parthenon, whatever one it is. Pantheon. So, thank you. I thought I, I know stuff. <laughs> the pantheon of <laughs> these horrible women in film. So 1931's The Mystery Train, starring Hedda Hopper as our candidate, and she's already in. She ain't even no. She's been elected. She's in Georgia. How Betty Davis saved my life pantheon of horrible women in film so georgia tell us a little bit about 1931's the mystery train well first of all i have to tell you i think that this is the most alluring title for a movie i just love it mm -hmm. but this movie is exciting there's it's yes. fast paced it's got action in it and yeah. i was i was surprised you know i was just like really riveted to it every minute I, and i thought even though this was what they call one of the poverty row yes. movies as a B movie. It doesn't always mean poor quality. Right. And so right. This, this was actually, uh, I think it's really a film classic. I, really, I think so. And, and um, I think it has a very exciting finale. So you got to yeah. really, it, I, yeah, I thought it was really exciting. It has some like twists and turns. And yes. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Look at that. Uh, and um, so... Um, I'll tell you just a little bit about the plot here, but not much. Okay. Hedda Hopper plays this socialite and she, and this takes place during the depression. Okay. The, the, and once again, this is 1931 and she's lost everything in the stock market, which a lot of people did and they identify with that. And she is this hostess and she throws these lavish parties and she's so charming, but, but she when she loses all this money and it goes bankrupt she comes up with a scheming conniving uh plan uh to get rich quick and i don't want to say too too much but oh my gosh the way she uses mm -hmm. this poor innocent naive girl, like, yes just takes her in and she just kind of Oh, wow. Okay, I don't want to spoil it for you, but this is one odious, contemptible woman. Oh, my gosh. I, I she's just... Yeah. Ah, you go, what? <laughs> yes. It's a, this movie is a gem because, like Georgia said, you know, the quality is still there. And the action scenes and sequences, because you don't have to cut away to inside shots shots done on a stage then shots actually done outside so there's a the the mystery train 
Uh, there are actually two train instances, but uh, the second train uh, sequence, um, it is a runaway train. We're not giving away anything. And for that time and this and for this not to be a, a big studio release, they did the most because they're the action scene and you are riveted. Like I, you know, because this is 1931. And Georgia, weren't you? I was impressed on how authentic the action was in this. I really was. Uh, this was such a, there was such a high fun factor in this movie. Yeah. And I, they went to such great lengths to be able to film this because, you know, they just started talkies only two years before. Right. Okay. And for this movie to have, they went all uh, out. To have all that it had in it, right. it was pretty amazing to me that they packed so much into this movie because this movie if you had to describe it i would say yeah there's like romance there's crime there's just all kinds of things invo involved in this movie and uh so they pulled out all the stops even though it was like you know a low budget movie mm -hmm. it was incredible yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know why it's not lauded at least for the pre-code post-talkie area era it should be on that, certainly that list of, of superlatives. Uh, and I think it was groundbreaking. I know they had other action, like the Great Tra Train Robber. They had other action, you know, in the Westerns and, you know, wild action. But for this not to be an action film and have this much action in it, I was shocked. I was on the edge of my seat because when that's the second train, when it, that the, the train runs away, you didn't know what was going to happen. And and some and something happened that I didn't think was gonna happen. It, it did happen because it is it leads into the conclusion of the movie and the, the you know the movie of wrapping up. And I was shocked because you know, but this was pre-code. One of Georgia and I's Georgia and uh, my uh, favorite eras, and the way it ended before it ended, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't because you know you know now and post pre-code everything is happy endings and you almost could predict oh, okay well we already know how no ma'am and no sir the mystery train delivered so let's go back to Hedda Hopper so just a little bit of plot we're not going to give it all away in the first train instance there's there's a crash the first crash <laughs> there's a crash and this young lady uh Hedda Hopper like um Georgia says she lost all her money and during the crash and so she's you know trying to get it and she's She's opportunistic. She pounces on this young lady, takes advantage of her because she is running from the law. This this young lady is running from the law, and uh, Hedda Hopper. Without, you know, without, we're trying not to give too much away. She takes her under her wing, and um, then proceeds to use this young lady to pull a wool over this rich young rich man's eyes, so she can uh get rich again had a hopper through using this young lady to marry this guy and so i'm gonna stop right there because there's a lot of like georgia said the plot twist i, I was really shocked this movie has several <clears throat> what do you call that um oh i can't think of it but uh uh not scenes but uh you know what i'm trying to say it it, it was it you it, it was it did not stay in one line it went from here it kept advancing the plot Oh, up higher and higher. And I was shocked. It was really good. Yeah, it was great. And the guy who uh, directed it also helped write. He was one of the main writers on it. His name was Phil Whitman. Okay. And so he elevated this to a mystery and a thriller. And then he also had help from another writer by the name of Hampton Del Ruth. Okay. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of cute because they put some a little bit of humor in there, a little bit of oh, comic yeah, relief. Yeah, There's this, yeah. like, couple in there. They're a newly married couple. And yes. And it was realistic, too, because, you know, how how she already, because it was a younger girl who uh, married an older guy, and they're on their honeymoon, and you can already see who was going to wear the pants. You know, the the husband was trying to (laughs) rustle her pants back from her, but it wasn't going to happen. But yeah, so it had all the elements of a really good movie, like, you know, but it's so, uh, it's unknown, you know, it's, it's an unknown movie. Yeah, and it's a shame that it is because you can see where other people may have borrowed from it. Yes. Some of the yes. things in the plot. And yes. you think this was the first to do that. It was original in its day. Very yes. original. Yes. Um, and there's just a little bit of trivia. This movie was also shown with the title Bride for Sale. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, and, that's something. <laughs> I just got one question for you about that little, you know, about the dumb blonde and her older husband Uh character. Between you and me, Moya, do you think she's ever going to sleep with him? Well, at some point, (laughs) she's going to have to. I mean, (laughs) it wasn't going to be at night. It wasn't going to be on that train, that's for sure. (laughs) For several reasons. Yeah, yeah, because when you first see them, they start off, you know, as I think it's like lovey dovey, whatever. Then as the plot progresses, you know, but yeah, no, certainly not on that train, Georgia, for several reasons. But at, at, at some point, she was gonna have to give up the goods, you know, or get it annulled. I don't know. She you know, yeah. hopefully what happened at the end brought them together, but you never can tell with people. People are fickle. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because you see them together at the end. Yeah, hopefully you know the the event, the tragic events, you know, brings them together. I have no idea, but that that it, that was funny. So check out Mystery Train, and we we don't want to spend a lot of time on it because. Like I said, Hedda Hopper. And Hedda Hopper, we know her from those of us who are movie buffs of being the gossip queen back in the yes. day. It was her, Luella Parsons, uh, then Walter Winchell. He was the gossip king. They made or broke careers with the pen. They wield the pen like a gun or a sword. So they they had it all. So, and you probably already know, uh, Georgia, her son... Uh, was it William Hopper? He played Perry Mason's, uh, I guess, investigator for the run of the old Perry Mason show. And he tried to do little things. He was in a few little movies back in the day. But yeah, his mom was Hedda Hopper. So remember, her, she was famous for all those crazy hats she wore and everything. But So she was an yeah. actress, had, was an actress first. And she never really made a lot of noise, you know. But, she, you know, she was she got the job done. Well, you know, one of the things about her, the reason that she was so feared and, and, well, and I guess respected in Hollywood was because, you know, she would get uh, actors to divulge a lot of very private personal details. Mm -hmm. She acted like this helpless little female and then men would confide their secrets to her. And so they would find what they said to her plastered all over the next morning (laughs) paper and they would, and and so some of the people that she really, um, antagonized were Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, mm-hmm. um, uh, Joseph Cotton. Um, wow. I think also, I, I can't, I, I want to say maybe Clark Gable. I can't remember who the other person was that I had been reading about. But anyway, an interesting bit of trivia. Spencer Tracy was so angry at her 
He was so furious. He, he kicked her in the pants. Literally. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I wish I got that footage somewhere. Hilarious. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, she was... I mean, it's amazing that she was able to just end people's careers with the things that she said because she would report on people who were missed actors and actresses who were misbehaving on the sets or uh, mm -hmm. film productions that were like going under because they went over budget and just all these other little things out there that people would not have wanted to know about. Right, right. Yeah, so she was ahead of everybody else, ahead of TMZ and all these people in Entertainment Tonight and all the gossip, Colin and Rona Barrett back in the day. So they that was the house that uh uh she had a hopper, Luella Parsons and Walter Winter. They were the foundations for that. Hey, it or like it, it is what it is in entertainment. So the mystery train, 1931's the mystery train. Check it out. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page. Um, so now let's fast forward to another broad. Uh 1949's alimony. This is another little poverty role, little uh, you know, B B movie studio, another little gem that you would think I had never heard of it before, and so I found it, and my mouth hit the floor with the <laughs> with the young lady, uh, <coughs> Kitty Travers, uh, played by Martha Vickers, and uh, uh, Georgia, she was a mess, wasn't she? Oh my. You know, if you want to see, I, I think the, the, the theme that connects these two movies, if I had to say, would be sleazy dames and sleazy lawyers. And yes. Maybe the, I, th I saw somebody who wrote a comment and I totally, it just, I thought it was hilarious and I totally agree with it. They said the title should be, instead of Alamon, it should be Scheming Tramp Learns the Hard Way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she was a scheming tramp. I mean, uh, this is, I, I'll just go into it very briefly. This is, uh, this is a film noir. And mm -hmm. um, this is a story, it's, it's about um, a girl. She runs away from her boring life in, Mini, in Minnesota. She wants to be a model in New York City. And so she comes up with this idea. Um, she's going to be a conniving gold digger. And she schemes to get rich by marrying and divorcing rich men and then collecting big settlements from them. But to see her progress and the way she does this, she is heartless and yes. cruel. The way she just goes about it, and you're—it's such fun. I mean, yes. you're like, what an evil woman! She doesn't care whose heart she breaks. No, but she devastates people. She just doesn't care. No. She's all about. She's all about money. It's the greed. That's oh, yeah. what it is, you know, and. So this film is told in a uh, flashback and mm -hmm. this uh, composer who's one of who, who she had married, uh, he narrates the story and he's visited by her father. He's trying to find her. And so, so this is how the movie. Now she didn't marry him. She just had like an, a, a romance with him. Right. The, the composer. Right. She didn't marry him. Oh, uh, maybe she did. It's, yeah. Maybe she did just have a romance yeah. with him. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> needless to say, you know, he, she just leaves him in her, one of the many people she leaves in her wake, like, ah, ta-ta, I'm done with you. And she's just so bold and brazen about it. She just comes right out and says, eh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're not making the big bucks. I'm leaving you. <laughs> yeah. Look, 
this 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 is a thing. So picking up where Georgia, just a part where Georgia, so sh she thinks she's hot stuff. Cause I don't I think she won Miss Cornfield or whatever the hell she won in <laughs> Miss and Miss Minnie or whatever. But if she won that. So you know, the you know, this would happen a lot back then. You know, you would win a beauty contest or or, or be in one and you think you're all that and then you go to the city and you wind up, you got a lot of competition, ma'am, you know. And so she goes there and uh gloms on to somebody else's man now. And so to what Georgia was saying, now then she started hustling uh, a scam with uh these these this lawyer, like I said, these these horrible lawyers, where they were setting men <laughs> Ain't nothing changed, man. Ain't nothing changed. They were setting men up. Uh she would be the honey trap and set men up, take a picture of her, her the guy in a compromising uh position and get some money, blackmail him for some money. There ain't nothing changed, man. This is the same thing that's been going on since day one, you know? And and then you wonder why, well, why is this person <clears throat> acting like this or why they're making these decisions? They might just be being blackmailed, you know? Because <laughs> some of that stuff just doesn't make any sense, right? So anyway, she, the, the harness lawyer, so they get hooked up. And what I liked about this, uh, Georgia, is that, um, uh, I know people who um how can I put this they were people of of uh ill repute let's put it like that and in these streets and that's what the streets are man you know you get in with certain people and start these scams and these hustles and uh usually the the usually the lawyer, the smarter people get all the money and, and the woman she left holding the bag. But anyway, what we like about Martha Vickers character, Kitty, so she like Georgia said, she goes to this uh apartment. It's not apartment, people have what's it called rooming house, boarding house, gloms on to this this um this songwriter who already has a girlfriend. He's already already engaged. Okay, so the girlfriend is played. You've seen this lady a million times, Hillary Brooks. She's a very nice-looking lady. And George and I were shocked because she usually plays the vixen or the villainess herself. But this time, she got played, okay? And the dumb, disgust... Okay, so let's let, let's talk about this. The boyfriend, John Bill, Dan Barker, the, the uh, writer, the songwriter. Georgia, what do you think about this this character here? Oh, he was so taken in i mean he couldn't see i mean she i i can't believe how she just led him around like by the nose he and wanted to be led around let's be clear yeah, in my I, opinion yeah, i agree he wanted to be led around by the nose and and um i was so dismayed that he would expect uh his former fiance or his former girlfriend played by hillary brooke to you know for him to, I mean, she took him back again, and he expected her to. And I was kind of shocked by that because yeah. you know she she was really hurt by him, and yes. uh, I, I was amazed that he would be think that oh she'll take me back, you know. He had and, a nerve, your nerve. So yeah. when we say take him back, he had written this song. First of all, he is going with Hillary Brooks' character Linda. Okay, they're engaged. Everybody knows they're in love. Blah blah blah. Soon as Miss Miss Hot Sister Hot. Hot pants comes in, Kitty Travers, and change Kitty out for another word for cat, but I, I digress. But soon as sister hot kitty comes in, 
this dude flips his that got off a toupee hat on his head. He flips his, his wig, literally, and falls for her. He only knew about two seconds. And she weren't. But Georgia, don't you know those type of women? We talked about this before in other po yeah. podcasts. Because she wasn't that great looking. You know, she wasn't like this beauty. But it doesn't matter. Some of these women are so beguiling and seductive and she didn't really do anything to turn this guy on because she was such a gold digger as soon as she saw that he had half a chance to make it or be something oh now she's interested she just bats her eyelashes at him and this clown goes drops linda the girlfriend like a hot potato like a bad habit and goes with sister hot kitty i was i was like wow but it happens yeah yeah and then she just dumps him and then goes on to the next conquest. Yeah, yeah. Well, she got a better this. payday. But I, but why she's going to go in our, our Hall of Fame, our Pantheon, because Homegirl did that. She played Barker out of the, the, uh, the um, Dan, the song. She played him twice because she didn't want anything to do with him when he was on the come up, got in his face latched herself on to his star like I'm the person who he wrote this song for. <laughs> he goes yes. with her, leaves Linda. <laughs> he left Linda twice. I, I lost count. <laughs> but yeah. Linda took Linda took him back. Oh my gosh. And so so Kitty, sister hot kitty, she she worms her way back in, gets in his career, gets in his pockets and becomes the face of this song that takes off. So then when he becomes broke because he's so enthralled with her, he can't even concentrate to writing new music. So he, he goes bust, goes crawling back to his wife, Linda, with her arms wide open. Now, what, what did you think about Linda, her decision to take him back? I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But... As so often happens, so often. there was another factor involved. Of course. There was, yeah. A baby. There was a baby. It was a baby. Yeah, there's a baby, yeah. right? There was a baby. So, I mean, she, I guess she felt like. And she loved him. Let's be honest. She Hillary did. broke Linda. She played. She really, and this was such a change for her because she's usually always the villainous. There was a really breath of fresh air to see her act like this. But yeah, she loved him. And I get that. You know, love is stronger than pride, to quote Shaw Day. A great song. I couldn't have said it better because I was thinking that myself. I thought to myself, woman, have you no self-respect? Have you no pride? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I, that's what I was thinking. To right. Be perfectly honest. If you want to know what I feel about Linda. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, she was true blue. I mean, yeah, yeah. she had good character. And apparently, I mean, she just, she really did care for this man. But my gosh, I just thought, I hope she's, other women don't say, if they're in similar circumstances, don't say, well, look at her, you know, she took the guy back again and again, kept forgiving him, you know, um, but, and look at, she finally got what she wanted in the end, you know, and there's a scene between her and, and Kitty where they yeah. have a showdown. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Really <laughs> yes. And, and, oh, before I forget, also, everybody, there is a very interesting courtroom scene in this movie and yes. there's a twist in it. And that's one of the, what, that's one of the things that makes this movie so much fun. Yes. It was, it was definitely, it was fun. It was like, it was fun. You know, this was, it was scandalous. I mean, yes. for this, I think this movie was ahead of its time. It was, I, I was really, thinking, I was thinking the same thing. It was thing. ahead and, of its time. And it's by uh, no name. And it, and then when I'm saying no name, it's not about, it's not out of a big Hollywood 
studio. It's not a mm -hmm. this is the B movie. Like you would go to the show and see the big, big movie. Um, but first they would have this B movie and then you would see the big movie, you know. So if you got the double feature, that's why we're doing a double feature today, featuring these B quote unquote movies. But yeah, it was fun. And you were right, it was so ahead of its time. And you're right, you, you, we've seen this device used over and over, this plot device, what you're talking about with the courtroom. We've seen that over and over. But yeah, it was it was scandalous, just like you said. Um, and Kitty at the end, she got, you know, because now it's post, uh, it's, it's postcode. So the, the woman must be punished, you know, so she gets her comeuppance. But I will, and then, you know, what did you think about her ending? Did you think it was realistic or it was like, oh, they're just trying to tie a bow on it? What did you think? I didn't think it was realistic because these women get away with these things. All and the time. I, I, I think there were, yes, we're trying to tell us, you know, you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. I think that's the moral of the story here. However, did I think it was realistic or did I think that the ending was, uh, no, they just, that's the only thing I have, if I have anything in the way of a critique about this movie, yeah. is that they tried to wrap it up with a little bow at the end and say, oh, well, see, this is what happens when right. you, you know, are so scheming and you leave, you break hearts and you trample over people and you just take people and you're a grifter and you do all these horrible things. This is what happens. Right. And, and I, so I wasn't entirely satisfied with the ending because yeah. I think that, um, I didn't think it was that realistic. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I get it. So I, I'm going to stop talking because if we keep talking, we're going to give too much away. But check it out. 1949's Alimony star, starring Hillary Brooke, Martha Vickers, and John Beale. It is a gem. We saw all these movies on YouTube for free. So check them out there. George, I'm going to give you the last word. I also liked a performance by Leonid Kinski, who plays um, the agent... Uh, for the composer in this movie, I thought he had a, a very fine uh, performance, and I liked his character storyline in that. So be watching for that as well. I yes. have a feeling that I might have seen him in some other oh, movies. Oh, he's been in just... a ton of things, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how I had the feeling. I've seen him before, and I thought he was also very good in this he movie. Was. He and was. so, so if you want, these are the kinds of movies, if you want to just have fun and see it's women who think that they are uh, femme fatales and they are um, just irresistible <laughs> and they get there and you wait till the end to see them get their come up and well then this is going to be a lot of fun. I enjoy these. I had a great time with yes, them. Yes. Yes. So congratulations, Hedda Hopper. And Martha Vickers, y'all characters in The Mystery Train, 1931, and Alimony, 1949. You are new inductees into... <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us this uh, this episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Don't forget to catch us on all the platforms I mentioned, Spotify, Apple, Castos. We, we want to hear from you. I know I'm leaving one of them out. iHeart. And we're on Facebook, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And you guys take care. We look forward to the next time.
Oh,